0: Hey all welcome back to Match Volume.
1: We're your hosts, Naiba Varenga and Emma Dessau.
0: We are diving into some musical guests this week.
1: Yeah, we are, and I'm pretty fired up about it.
0: I bet, you're a big music fan, right?
1: Heck yes.
0: Who are you obsessed with right now?
1: So right now, I'm all over the place, but I like artists like J. Cole, Black, and maybe even a little bit of Summer Walker.
0: I love it, I love it. So tell us a little bit about who's on the podcast today.
1: Cool. So this week we have two dope artists, both from Thornton Music School. Um, First, we're going to start off with Jordan Simone. She has a very impressive resume. She's been on The Voice, American Idol. She's even backed up John Legend at the Grammys. So what I love about Jordan is her drive and her relentless pursuit of her musical goals.
0: She is on today with Anastasia Budiman. And let's just hop right in.
2: So let's talk about singing competitions. So you were 15 years old in American Idol? Yes,
3: I was 15. And
2: then 17 in The Voice. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know, I'm I wouldn't personally say that the shows did a lot for me or that I, you know, I have a lot of great things to say about the shows. The shows are what they were, but and they were a great platform for what they, you know, at the time, but I definitely can say I took a lot of skills from those shows. I was able to kind of like see the great in them and like be able to see myself and like how I act in certain like circumstances of like stress and um, anxiety and all these things and kind of figure out proper ways to persevere proper ways to keep my mind right keep proper ways to keep my body you know feeling grounded things like that so I definitely feel like it very much so prepared me for specifically the live element of my career that I'm like so so passionate about. So
2: how have you balanced enjoying your college experience with working towards your professional artistic goals?
3: I think honestly it's really been become one entity. I don't kind of see them as separate things because I feel like since being at USC and since being in Thornton and like great faculty, I've really been able to kind of figure out one, my sound, figure out or understand the importance of marketing and branding. A lot of the things that I didn't know, like prior to USC, I feel like now play a huge role in like understanding what my goals are as an artist understanding where i see myself in five years and things of that nature so i don't necessarily see them as separate entities i honestly see them as like complementary things
2: that's really cool yeah. um so i guess shifting gears i know you grew up in a family of musicians mm-hmm. so being that both your mom and dad are talented in music would you say that your musical style has influences from your parents
3: oh 100 um my mom she plays a little bit but she's a lot more of the business woman so a lot of my like goal orientedness comes from my mother um and my dad he's like a very very like creative musical person and like I literally my whole goal in singing when I was a kid was to just be him you know what I mean and I ended up finding my own passion through that but my father has played a huge role in my musical I don't know influence impact stage presence a lot of these aspects my mother has played a huge role in you know understanding that like it's a lot deeper than just being a good singer it's a lot deeper than just being a good artist it's about how can people like you how can you sell yourself how can you market yourself so i kind of take from both of those sides
2: your newest single adrenaline yeah um that just came out a couple of months ago yeah
3: yeah can't shake this feeling kiss me oh kiss me adrenaline. i'm scared to let you in can't stop these ones from crumbling can't shake this fit.
2: could you tell me about the creative process behind the songwriting, song producing and what this song means to you?
3: Yeah. Okay. So basically <laughs> this song was probably one of the more lighthearted songs I've written recently. And that's kind of why I liked it. Cause like sometimes like, um, <laughs> when like you're like just naturally like an introspective individual, you kind of always like talk about the in depth feelings of everything. And, like, sometimes just like, oh, shut up. Like, I just want to hear something that, like, just makes me smile for a second, you know? So I feel like adrenaline really taps into the idea of, like, the lustful phase of love. You know, I'm not talking about the intricacies of, you know, a relationship and love and all that. I'm literally talking about, like, the butterflies you receive when you see somebody, like, that makes you happy. You know what I mean? So I think it's, like, super lighthearted. I think it's fun. Um, I wrote it with my best friend. My best friend's also a songwriter. And so... Um, we were really able to collaborate and cause like, it was like, we kind of wrote it as a joke at first and then it ended up sticking and being like, wait, this is actually kind of good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I feel like in that perspective, because it started off in such a, like a lighthearted manner that it just kind of lived in that space. And although I feel like, some, you know, the, the instrumentation and the production behind it is like super, like, I don't know, I, I don't want to use pr- the term I, aggressive, but it's kind of like powerful. It like, you know, it kind of slaps you in the face. I think that like opposing contrast is kind of like all that I represent, you know? Like I feel like my exterior is super, super lighthearted. You know, I, I, I love just conversations with people. I love just like, you know, just like talking about life and happiness and like what you ate for dinner last night, whatever, you know? But then like, I also feel like when I do become comfortable with someone, Layers of intricacy that I want to expose in them, and that I want them to expose in me, start revealing themselves, and I feel like that's exactly what that song represents.
2: I guess going off of that, um, you said that you wrote the song with your best friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how have you been able to navigate the weight of other people's opinions, perhaps about your desire to succeed in music, or in their opinions about talent, or like the songwriting itself, yeah. in order to pursue your own dreams of your life? The thing
3: is. I feel like and that's honestly another reason why I appreciate being a part of like USC Thornton so much because I really felt like it's given me a certain level of like assertiveness in my like art and my career. I really just genuinely just believe in my art and believe in like what it stands for and represents. And so although I recognize all of you know the risks in tapping into the music industry, I recognize all of the you know maybes that are present. But I don't know, I just there is no backup plan. And so, and because there is no backup plan, because there is no, you know, well, what if this doesn't work out? My my goal-orientedness and my drive is just, like, so crazy that, like, I won't stop until I at least feel like I've reached some level of success. But to that same argument, success is waged in different, you know, or my definition of success doesn't necessarily have to be your definition of success and vice versa, you know? So... I guess uh, I don't even want to tap into this because I really don't know my exact definition of success, but I feel like I won't stop until I reach what I feel like is success.
2: Fun question here is about the Grammys. Yeah, so it was your first time performing at the Academy Awards. Yeah, that was sick. That was How sick. was that night?
3: That was actually super super crazy. I ended up like actually getting accidentally getting that audition. Um. Through through this guy I had known, through this guy I had known, you know, like literally just like connections like down, down the line. And it ended up being such a really, really, really cool um experience. I had actually performed at the BET Awards a few months before with John Legend and um DJ Khaled for the same song. So I was it was actually kinda of funny. I'm like, I know they don't remember me because like I'm <laughs> nobody knows who I am, but I'm like I just want you guys to know like we've actually shared the stage before you know but um, either way it was super fun it was a really amazing opportunity i don't know i just feel like now having you know check that off my bucket list i if anything though it honestly made me more driven to say okay this was super cool doing backup work and like this ex- this experience and exposure was amazing but like i kind of need to be here myself in a few years
2: so i guess what's next for jordan simone
3: um like I told you, my mom is super goal oriented. So I'm really tapping into that space and like inheriting that in like, um you know, 2020. So basically she was like, yo, last year, like at the end of the year, December, she was like, you need to sit down, figure out and talk about every month of the year, what are you gonna do to kind of push yourself further in your career? So I've kind of like written out a 12 month game plan where like I plan on like dropping content and music in this uh, 12 months. So I have another single coming out on February 28th, it's called Paradigm. Um, so look out for that. Um, and there's a music video for that dropping in March. And then I have another single after that coming out that I won't disclose yet, cause it's too far in advance. But that's kind of my goal is to either drop, you know, a single or a music video for that single every month.
0: That was Jordan Simone with Anastasia Budeman. If you are excited to hear more of her music, check her out on Spotify, YouTube, everywhere you can find good music. And make sure to also check out her new song, Paradigm, which just dropped today.
1: Our next interview is with Thornton freshman Ellie Williams.
0: All right, Naive, give me the lowdown on Ellie. Why are we going to love this interview?
1: Okay, so Ellie is another young and talented artist. She's uh, going to break down one of her songs and the process of how she writes her music. She's an amazing songwriter, and I just love how she implements personal experiences into her music.
4: This is Ellie Williamson with Kari Spencer. this is Kari Spencer for Match Volume. Today, I'm sitting with Ellie Williams, a freshman singer-songwriter majoring in pop performance. Yes. Um, Ellie, can you tell us a bit about your background in music and what you're currently working on? Yes, for sure.
5: So, uh, I grew up in a very musical household. My dad is very musical, uh, plays guitar, sings all the time. My mom's tone deaf, so I don't know how that worked out, but, um, I definitely grew up with a lot of music. So naturally started taking, um, vocal lessons and guitar lessons, piano lessons, but then around, I think I was probably 12 I got into live performances, and I'd play shows with like my piano teacher, and then I just started doing them by myself. Um, and naturally, that just progressed, and I went to like a performing arts high yeah. school for music, and started working on my own music, and working with producers, and now I'm here, so.
4: Yeah, how long have you been writing music? Writing music, I definitely
5: started when I was probably in elementary school. Like, yeah. d- like joke songs. Like, yeah. I- vividly remember writing a song with my sister about shoelaces (laughs) like we would just write songs about the dumbest things and I just kind of kept with it yeah I would still listen to that (laughs) I don't know if you'd want to (laughs) but I I used to I used to find voice memos from I used to have a lot of voice memos of songs that I had written when I was like a kid about like heartbreak and all those stuff that a seven-year-old knows nothing about but I still had them so those are funny to look back on. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And then, so right now you're in the process of like releasing a new album in yes. June, you said, maybe?
5: Yes. I think the goal is to release it in
4: either May or June. Okay. Yeah. But that's not the first album that you've put out. No.
5: So I released an album, I like wrote and produced an album my freshman year with a producer named Brandon Sammons, shout out to him, he rocks, Um, and released that. I think August of 2016 so I was a sophomore in high school I believe something like that and now I'm in the process of releasing my second full-length album with producer Wayne Wilkins and Billy Garetti. so that is a very exciting process and I'm very excited to be releasing all of that
4: very soon. Um, How would you describe the vibe of this album and the musical inspiration that was behind it yes um as far as
5: musical inspiration i definitely i adore the writing styles of julia michaels and phineas Mm -hmm. i just like they are so great to me um so i definitely think just because i listen to them all the time that they just naturally kind of found themselves in my own writing um but i think as far as the overall vibe I think it kind of fits in more with, like, Alicia Cara and, like, Julia Michaels, definitely, but more so on, on that end. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So then that leads me to the first single that you released in February. February. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about Partly?
5: Yeah, of course. Um, so Partly, I actually, I wrote the entire song my summer summer of junior year of high school, and at the time I was in Boston, Massachusetts for a performance camp at uh Berkeley College of Music. And I vividly remember just kinda sitting in my dorm room. Like a lot of people around me had been writing and performing songs and there were songwriter showcases going on and I just felt very overwhelmed with everything. So I remember just kinda sitting in my room with like a ukulele that I had mm-hmm. just got. And I was just kind of strumming like four chord chord progression and just kind of came out with the lyrics for Partly. I wrote the song then and then brought it to my producer Wayne and we produced the whole song and had it and then decided that we need we needed like a whole catalog to go with it. So that leads us to the full album that
4: is to be released eventually. (laughs) Oh, so this song is what like sparked the rest of the album?
5: I wouldn't say sparked the rest of it, but it was definitely one of those things where we wanted to wait to release it because we wanted to have other stuff to support it. Yeah. If that makes
4: sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we actually have the song here. So I think it'd be cool to play parts of it and like go very specific and break yeah, down sure. your thought process behind those lyrics, what they mean to you.
0: I like the noise.
5: I find intimacy in crowded halls with people as far as the eye can see. But I see you looking at me. It's just my luck, the two of us at this party. The first lines, um, I like the noise. I find intimacy in crowded halls with people as far as the eye can see. So when I was writing that line, I don't know why, but I was sitting there kind of like, I don't know how it came up actually, but in my head I was thinking about how a whisper can also kind of sound like you're mocking a very large crowd of people, mm-hmm. like maybe like at a show like screaming for their favorite artist or whatever, and how a whisper can kind of give off that same vibe, and so... I kind of just thought about the two, like a whisper can seem very intimate and a crowd of people is the complete opposite end of that. But then when you're in a crowd of people, you tend to whisper to the person next to you and it's a very like intimate moment, I feel like. So that was kind of where I got those lines from. Like I find intimacy in basically crowds of people. Because yeah. when you talk to people, you have to kind of whisper and, and lean in close to get that sort of intimacy, even if there's a bunch of people around you. I'm part of you. Definitely is the main parts of the story. You see this person and you're overwhelmed and you're confused about why they're there, and when you see them, your stomach just drops and you immediately just f- forget how to breathe. You forget how to act normally. You kind of freak out and you're like, shoot, well, like, what do I do? Um, so that just, I tried to capture everything that you're feeling in that moment. And then towards the end of it, it's like, I don't know why I act this way, but I do like you just have this effect on me and I'm wishing that this were another party, like just another party, but also I'm kind of glad to see you. Mm-hmm. So it's it sort of sets it up to be like, oh, well, like, why are you here? Yeah. But then at the end, it's like, I actually kind of kind of am glad that you're here.
4: I think that's so relatable for a lot of people. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I love that
5: i feel like there's definitely that thing where like you post on instagram and you're like i can't believe they viewed my stuff. oh yeah but you let you
4: check like, yeah <laughs> you kind of check
5: are those new frames you're looking older now he starts walking my way and i start freaking out just talk he's been in a- First, I I kind of wanted to elaborate more on the feeling of when you see them at the party. So, the lines, are those new frames, you're looking older now. You're kind of just commenting on how much has changed since you last saw them. Which, to me, is a big thing. Like, Especially if you were so close. To, I mean, depending on how long you guys dated. You know. But... <laughs> I think that's a very big thing when you spend so much of your time and of your life with someone and then you don't see them for so long. It's very almost unsettling to see how much has changed about them when you see them. I find that a lot of times when I see an ex, we get into this very interesting um, conversation. It's very like polite, but it's also sort of, it, it feels like a very repetitive conversation. Like I feel like it's very ingenuine almost. Mm. So that was the line like we don't want to get stuck in the same conversation. I feel like to me that's the classic like oh like how are you? Yeah. How have you been? Like what have you been up to sort of thing which you're standing there and you're like okay, he's being nice, but I just like don't want to be having this conversation right now. Like I'd much rather observe that you're here from afar and just comment on the fact mm-hmm. that you got glasses like so that, that was kind of what the second verse meant to me. Please don't act like I'm so, unrecognizable cause I'm so that to me, at this point, because I, I picture the whole song as sort of like a movie scene. And at this point, you're just kind of over it, like it's you're sitting in this conversation and it's the same conversation where they're like hi how are you how have you been what have you been up to and at this point it just kind of feels like they don't know you anymore or they're acting like they don't know you anymore so at this point to me I get a very strong sense of like please like don't do that like don't yeah don't act like you don't know me like I'm a stranger to you because that's not the reality So that just kind of is the whole bridge section of please don't act like I'm so unrecognizable. So yeah, I think that that feeling especially is probably the strongest whenever I have, whenever I do like run into the ex, you know, I think that feeling is the strongest. So that's why the bridge is so long. And it's just repeating that one line because that's, that would be the strongest feeling that's going through my head
4: can you talk about the intro to your song there's like this background party noise I'm curious about that yes absolutely I I that actually is probably one of my favorite parts
5: about the song because it's very I I I don't know it was just kind of a quirky thing that I wanted to throw in kind of last minute um and lucky enough my producers were very cool about it and they were like yeah of course like let's throw it in um so the party intro I find that people that have voice memos in their songs, they just naturally become more interesting to me. Specifically, I wanted, like, party chatter just to fully emphasize or to fully set the image of being at a party. So as far as the party noise in the beginning, I it wasn't even a party, really. It was I was going to my friend's show, and it was one of the first shows that I went to at USC. And it was a house show. So it was a very small space, a lot of people, lots of chatter. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> like, this is it. So I just pulled out my phone and I turned on the voice memos, started recording, and just put it in my back pocket and just kind of kept like walking around and like talking to people and just kind of chilling. Um, I think the actual voice memo is like a minute and a half long. And we only used like 15 seconds of it. But listening back to it was super funny because I could recognize everyone's voice. And I was like, yeah, I've got to chop this up a bit. So yep. you can't actually hear what they're saying. But yeah.
4: Oh, that's definitely, I, I really like that you did that. It adds a lot, I think. It's fun. I I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Okay, so Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing the rest of the music that you put out. Yes, I'm excited to release it.
0: That was USC Thornton freshman Ellie Williams in her interview with Kari Spencer. Ellie is due to release a new single in March. Match Volume is a production by Annenberg Media through USC's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. This episode was made possible by Anastasia Budiman, Kari Spencer, Joyce Yuan, Sarah Brangman, Naive Alvarenga, and produced by Emma Deso. As always, a big thank you to Willis Seidenberg and Tracy Lee for listening.